Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur audio and video podcast. Want to go deep into content marketing. So how to build your brand, your expert positioning, how to sell without selling, how to increase your reach, your influence in a way that can also build really good rapport with people you've not yet met or leads who become clients, who become fans, who become friends. So I've got a massive agenda. So this isn't one of those waffly, well, I'll get to the point in a minute. This isn't one of those waffly or fluffy or randomy, um, let's just have a chat live feed post. I've got a lot of things to cover. So I'm covering why you need to be a content marketer, why you need to put your information out there, how to create great content. How do you get your great content out there? Because if you've got amazing content and one person's reading it, you haven't got that much reach. How do you get other people to share your great content? And then how do you monetize your free content? So deep dive, here we go. First off though, say hi, tell me where you're from, tell me what your business is, tell me where you're currently located in the world. If you're listening in the audio podcast, come in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community and do just that. Let's get started. So first off, let's define what content marketing is. And I kind of wanted this video to also be like, let's demystify this name for content marketing, like content, very much a marketer's word. So really what it is, is giving valuable information, I believe, in an engaging, memorable way to build goodwill, brand and future sales. So it's sharing what you know that you have expertise in that helps other people in a way that they have rapport with you, they engage with you, they feel like they know you, even though they've never met you. It's almost like a a business card or a, a referral or a recommendation in your business, but of course it's done by you giving information. Why do you need to be a content marketer for your own business? I'll tell you in a second, but the important thing to say is any business, any niche that I've ever seen, there may be an exception that I've never seen before, but Every niche is improved and every business is improved if you get your information out there and you help your industry as well as your customers and your clients. And of course, your business is going to benefit if you're the person doing that. Someone's just written here, Jeremy's just written jab, 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 right hook. So that's one of Gary Vaynerchuk's book. And Gary Vaynerchuk had um, a wine business and you know, he used to do these sort of wine tasting videos. And you know, he's got a very disruptive style and um, you know, he's a kind of a bit of a Marmite character. But he's built an amazing social media brand and digital marketing agency. I'm sure he didn't intend to do that when he was tasting wine and spitting it out. I believe into his favorite favorite um, American football team's helmet he was using as a spit bucket. And so he's a great example of someone who's just put great content out there. And when I say great, not everyone has to like it. Probably not everyone should like it, but it should be true what you believe. It's okay if it polarizes people, but something that you believe to to be true, that you've got knowledge and experience about, which is important because a hell of a lot of people out there sharing stuff they have no knowledge and no experience in, 
in a way that can help people. And so, yeah, he, he did a great job of that and ended up, you know, you could end up building a digital marketing agency, a massive social media company worth 10 or 100 million. Accidentally, if you're a great content marketer and, you know, you're putting your brand out there, I mean, that might not be your outcome, but yeah, that's a great example. All right, so it's a noisy marketplace out there. You know, there's a, you've got competition. Everyone's shouting out on social media. The big bearded Rob gobbing his mouth off. Gobbing his mouth off. Uh, yeah, we're all out there trying to sort of get above the noise or get seen or heard. And of course, there's so many people out there selling. Now, I'm definitely not one of those wimpy, shy people who's like, oh, you should never sell. Ooh, you know, you've got to get out there and sell your stuff. And if you believe in it, you've got to sell it. But if everybody else is shouting about how great they are, how do you position yourself either different to them, above them, more clear, you know, more attractive to the rest of your competition? This is probably a reason why you need to be a good content marketer, get your knowledge and information out there. Also, you know, like if you've got products that cost money, which you better have, otherwise you've got a hobby, not a business. And let's say they're quite high ticket, you know, let's say two grand, five grand, ten grand, whatever. No one's going to immediately respond to an email where you say, give me two grand now. You don't know me, but pay me. They're not going to do that. So you want this trust built. And in sort of early marketing books, when I say early, early in my life, there was the seven time convincer rule, law strategy study where the average amount of times that it took to ask someone before they might make a buying decision with you and in your business as a customer was seven times and I've seen people now say that that's gone up to ten and a half times so if you can already be seen and known and in the mind of your buyer before they're ready to buy they'll become ready to buy earlier or when they're ready to buy they'll think of you so, you know, using me as an example, just because I'm doing this, there are other examples, there are probably better examples. But of course, I have the podcast. Uh, in fact, we have our Progressive Property Podcast and I have Mark My Words podcast. I've written eight books. And, you know, I'm not saying they're the best books out there. I'm saying I've written eight books. Uh, and so, you know, in the niche of personal development and property and leverage, you know, you'll find me. Uh, hundreds, maybe even thousands of YouTube videos, definitely thousands of social media posts. A lot of people even say to me now when they read posts that I write, they can hear me and my voice saying it. And I'm the same when I, you know, look at the people that I study and admire and I read their articles and I can hear their voice if I have watched them speak. And because I've been doing this now for 10 years and people have been doing it longer than me. So it's a great way to build trust, to have a pre-sale, to have people ready, because trust is the biggest barrier for you selling your products or services. Why else do you need to be a content marketer and give out great information? Because it's more shareable than salesy information. So if you make pitches, that's fine. You should, if you believe in it, and it's okay to make money and be a salesperson. So let's get that, uh, you know, crap out the way first. You know, it's not that you should never sell, but people aren't going to share your sales pitches. They are going to share your great information, your amazing books, your great podcasts, your articles that are deep, that care for your clients, that give really good information from genuine experience. That's going to get shared, which is another reason why you should be a content marketer. Also, it's an asset. So a lot of people are exchanging time for money. You know, they're, they, they have a job, you know, they're a consultant, whatever. And that's fine, especially if it's good money. But the problem with that is once the time is gone, you have to do the time again. And in the end, all you're doing is selling yourself and losing your time. If you write a great article, have a great podcast, do a great video, you only have to do it once. 
And, you know, like if you look like a good a good TED talk, for example, and that can be watched millions and millions and millions of times over three, five or 10 years. That can be shared hundreds of thousands of times. So your information that's good and deep will get shared. Your sales pitches won't. OK, next reason you should be a content marketer, a giver of good information. Let's call it that is that the free line has moved. So I've been in the seminar industry, you know, been a student going on courses. And Mark and I have now invested over a million pounds in the last 11 years on other people's courses that we've learned from. Of course, that's progressively. That wasn't all on day zero. And, you know, I've implemented some and I've kind of not implemented some, but it's definitely made a big difference in my life. So I've seen it as a student and now we run 600 training days a year. So I've seen it, you know, as a promoter and as a speaker. So I've been all three. So I've kind of seen the journey. And 11 years ago, you could put a little ad in the Metro. Hundreds of people would attend your seminar because I was one of those students who'd read the newspaper and went. And literally, you know, in the boom days before the recession, people were just going mad buying courses with remortgage money from their house or bags of cash. I remember one of my mentors, Warren Bourget, said, you know, all you had to do was put an ad in and turn up and speak and people would come running, throwing money at you. And it's not like that anymore before you think, you know, training business is easy. But it's moved now. You know, you've got Google, you've got Facebook, you've got all sorts of Facebook groups, communities, you know, Reddit, you know, all these massive aggregators and content collators and resources And um, whilst that hasn't necessarily solved the problem, because now there's almost too much information and how do you organise it and how do you know what works for you? The reality is the free line has moved where you do have to give more for free if you want to earn the right and build the trust for your customers to buy from you. Now, I found that the more and the better your free information you give, the more your customers will spend with you. You'll increase what's called LCV, lifetime client value. You'll increase their sort of commitment to you then. They'll become a brand ambassador. And it's almost like a linear equation where the more you do up front, the more deeply they spend down the line. Now, I must admit in the early days, I might have been a bit more closed about this or I might have had a a different belief because I didn't know this industry. And I would have thought, well, if you give everything away for free, no one's going to want to buy the, you know, the the, the other stuff, the good stuff, the the stuff I want to pay for. And it could be really risky to my business giving it all for free. And I found that to be the opposite. You know, when people pay for courses and come on courses, you know, they've forgotten a lot of the information. You can give them snippets. Of course, when they speak to trainers and they go for dinner with trainers, you know, that's a whole new experience. So, you know, free stuff versus coming to your courses versus doing your masterminds versus doing your retreats in the Cayman Islands or Monaco. They're all different experiences. Don't be scared to give good content up front. It'll be great for your business. All right. Why else should you be a free giver of information, which is my new word for content marketer? You build a great brand. You build great goodwill. You build rapport. You know, people will feel like they know you and like you and trust you and you've not met them. You give them value. And I think it's important as well where you can to keep them entertained and engaged. How can you make your sharing of information different, unique and not just the same as everyone else? And, you know, you own a space in their mind. You know, so for example, if you think fizzy drink, maybe you think Coca-Cola. If you think running shoe, you may think Nike. And if you think Adidas, Adidas have done a great job. And in your niche, whether you're a car mechanic, a plumber, a property investor, you do rent to rent, whatever. When someone thinks car mechanic, you want them to think of you. They're not just going to do that by accident. It's like, you know, you know, none of us are entitled to just open a shop and get loads of people walking in. You know, that's delusion. The reality is the more we've put into educating, entertaining, inspiring, 
you know, getting in people's faces. Don't be scared about your stuff getting seen a lot. Send a lot of emails, send a lot of videos out. You know, if you, for example, follow Grant Cardone, he says, I post regularly. Sometimes he posts every 90 minutes on Twitter in a relentless posting of information. He's not scared of the odd person going, uh, too much, or uh, unsubscribe, or uh, you're always in my feed. You know, do you want to always be in their feed? Or, you know, do you want to be poor? Do you want to be uh, someone else's feed? Mm, maybe that didn't work. All right, great. So you create longer lifetime client value when, you know, you're a free giver of information. Also, what I found, and this is a, something I didn't know when I started, but it's been a real, really great benefit, is when you give a lot of information, you get a lot of engagement, you get a lot of private messages, you, know, you get a lot of people responding to your threads, and they will tell you their pains, problems, challenges, and you learn more about the people you're serving. So if you don't keep giving information, you're not going to learn the biggest challenges that your customers, clients, and your niche has. The more information you give, the more they'll reach out to you, ask you for help, tell you the challenges that they've got, and that can then create your new content. So a lot of people do say to me, well, Rob, I'd love to be a content marketer, a free giver of valuable information in my niche, but I don't know what to say. The thing is, you do, because it's all in your head, because you've been doing it your whole life. You know, everything about your niche and your business that you've set up, as long as you've got experience in it, it's not just the fact that you've only been doing this business a few months, it's everything you've done in your life that you bring into that. A lot of people just don't know how to get it out of their head. Now, here's an example. We had a post in the Progressive Property Community, one of my companies yesterday, and a lady's going through a bit of a tough time. And she did. She was open enough to post that she feels a bit depressed and she has had some pretty suicidal thoughts. And um, that's pretty scary, you know. And that got me thinking in a way I've never thought about in the Progressive Property Community before. And I've been running Progressive 11 years and you know, Progressive is, is more than a 10 million pound a year business. And I've done thousands of posts and hundreds of videos, and I've never yet thought to do one on how to deal with depression. And, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, and I'll make that big disclaimer up front. But we all go through challenges. We all feel down. And that inspired me this morning to think about that a lot and to try and go deep into that and just try and think about, you know, when I felt a bit depressed. And, uh, and I'm going to be doing some content on that. And I would never have known to do that. And if that helps one person, that's amazing. And my guess now is that everybody goes through that. That's going to help a lot of people. So it keeps you value focused. It keeps you contributing. It keeps you humble. It keeps you honest. It keeps you connecting with your clients. It, it makes sure that, you, you know, you don't become this massive diva who doesn't want to speak to anyone because you're too entitled or you're too rich or too important, which is, you know, like one of the worst places to be. And I see this with speakers and trainers and you know, people who start doing quite well, it's all of a sudden like they're too important and they lose the, the grounding and the granular nature. And you never want to do that. You know, you, you should, if I ever do that, you can shoot me, you can troll me. You know, if I ever lose touch with reality, with the people that have put me, you know, where I am. So thank you if you've supported me along the way and helped me do what I do, because without you, I'd still be picking up fag butts off the floor and licking people's fingers down KFC. I'd still be in a lot of debt, struggling as an artist, listening to heavy metal because, you know, property was just a small part of what we did. But the personal development, the training, the property courses, the 600 events a year, the eight books, all the podcasts, you know, that's thanks to you asking for information and being interested enough in what we do. And I never had anyone who was interested in what I did when I was skinned. So thank you. You have my permission to keep my feet on the ground. All right, great. So that's why you need to be an amazing giver of information and content marketer in your niche. You can do it. You've got information. Get it out there. Here's the how then. So how do you create great content? Now, I think I've got good self-worth in my ability to create content. But it's not like I'm a genius at it. It's just that I think I use the tools that are out there 
and I use others for inspiration and I make sure I put myself in a place where ideas can come to me and I'm going to share some of them with you. So number one is you want to get yourself inspired. Once you're inspired, the content is going to flow because whilst I don't know the scientific reason for this, things will happen in your brain when you're inspired. Ideas will come to you when you free your mind or you're in the present moment. You get rid of all your voices and fears and doubts and worries and you're just, you're inspired. You will then, content will come to you. So there's a lots of ways that I do this, that you might be able to do this. You might have your own versions. So for example, we've got Gordon who's just tuned in, who's a martial arts world champion and he has a martial arts school. So maybe if he did a couple of, you know, full on hard sparring sessions, might be hard in the moment, but you know, he might have all the endorphins running and he sit down and he might have a coffee afterwards and he might have loads of ideas. He might go and watch a fight. He might go to another dojo and watch how other people are running their martial arts class. He might have a two hour conversation with another world champion, you know. So what do you do? You study the greats in your niche. It's really important. You get it around nature. You know, I remember driving back this morning. I went to get my Costa coffee. I'm always there at six o'clock in the morning with my tent pitched outside, needing my coffee. And I was driving back and the sky was so beautiful. It was like a color I've never seen before. And I was like, man, it's great to be alive. I want to do a live video. Problem is no one was awake at that point. I was also high on coffee. So get out in nature, go and see great art, get creative, be around creative people. You know, what's your version of coffee? For me, coffee's my advice. Travel, go to different cultures, speak to different, you know, indigenous people. Read a lot, listen to audiobooks, listen to podcasts, watch videos like this. Solve your own problems. The things that you're having problems with and challenges in your own life, if you solve them, then you, most of us who are teaching now, we are teaching what we've solved or we want to solve in our own life. We, you know, we're, we're paying it forward, if you like. I'm always looking to give better content. And so I thought, well, if I, you know, so I'm, in a way, I'm teaching myself what I already know here. And that's a great way to do it. Do interviews with experts. I learned so much on The Disruptive Entrepreneur by interviewing all these great people. I'm going to see Dorian Rates and Dorian Rates, Dorian Yates and Richard Reed this week. Richard Reed has set up Innocent, sold it to Coca-Cola. Dorian Rates, Yates. Dorian Rates, Yates. Mates, Rates, Yates. Blah! A six-time Mr. Olympian. And I know I'll come back from those interviews so inspired. You know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, OCD coming out. All right, so ask your clients what they want next. So how to create great content we're on. Ask your clients what they want. Do polls, do surveys, speak to your clients. Ask them what are your problems, what are your challenges? You know, what's stopping you from growing? If I could give you one solution that might solve all problems, what would it be? Where's your time getting wasted? You know, what pains are you having? What emotional challenges are you having doing your, building your business in our niche? If you ask and then you listen, you will, able, you will be able to solve the problems for your clients and customers. They will be able to solve you not having enough content to solve. And that's why I like being close to the community. You know, I'm always asked this, Rob, if you're so rich, if you're a multimillionaire and you have 700 properties that you own and manage and blah, 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 then why are you always on Facebook and why are you always doing these videos? Well, ask Grant Cardone that. Ask, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk that. Ask Tim Ferriss that. Ask all these people. Ask Ty Lopez that, you know, who are also multimillionaires and also very successful and still pumping out loads of content and have millions of followers. Why? Why are they doing it? Because they want to keep themselves in touch with reality. They still want to serve. By the way, when you've made a load of money for yourself, your desire to serve will increase. They can make more money. They can grow a bigger business. So, yeah, you know, why wouldn't you? All right, then. Number three, how to create great content. Make it entertaining. Make it engaging. You know, how, can, how are you unique? How are you a bit quirky? What are your isms? 
How can you be disruptive? How can you polarise people? What strong opinions do you have? What do you know that surprises others? What did you learn that most people didn't know? If you make your content all of those things, it's going to get shared, it's going to be out there, and it's going to make a difference to people. Make it good. You know, make your lessons and information good and real, and they actually work. I mean, a great way to position yourself well is just for it to be real. Real from you, but also it works, and not, you know, the, the hype or the BS that you get from a lot of people. Put your own personality into your content, so your own voice, your isms, your tics. You know, like, for example, I don't know if you've got a particular accent, or, you know, you've got a particular style of clothing that you wear. Or there's just something that's a little bit mm, special about you. But what the, I used to be scared to show that to people. I used to be scared to grow my beard. I used to be sh- scared to be, you know, all um, over the place and ranty. Because and, I always used to worry that people judge me. But the thing is, they're going to judge you anyway. So you might as well be who you are. And if you're a bit different and you're a bit disruptive and you're interesting and you're new and you're fresh, you will be spread like wildfire. People will love it. All right, number five, how to create great content is to be aware of the format. Now, I like doing longer podcasts and live feed videos. If you do a longer live feed video, it gets more reach, uh, you know, and you'll get more people coming and going. But, you know, you wouldn't want to do a video this long if it was a YouTube ad. You wouldn't want to write a 2000 word article on a Twitter tweet. You can't because I think it's 144 characters. So, you know, we're always learning. I'm not perfect on every platform. I'm good on some and terrible on others. But... Be aware of the format that you're putting your information out in. If it's a live feed video, you do get away with being a little bit more raw, you know, messy backgrounds, kind of a little bit more bumpy and Blair Witchy kind of situational, you know, kind of behind the scenes. You can go off on rants. You get away with, you know, not being slick. But of course, you know, if you're doing a Facebook ad video or if you're doing a, I think it's Vine and Vimeo, you know, where they're shorter, you have to be more scripted. You have to be more slick. So you've got Twitter, you've got Facebook pages, you've got Facebook groups, you've got email, you've got blog, you've got video blog, you've got YouTube. So what you want to do is adjust your length and your style accordingly. Now, the less people know you, the more concise to the point you have to be. The more people know you, the more free you can be. Now, also, you want to make sure that you're able to repurpose your information. I think that's probably, yeah, it's coming up next anyway. So I'll save that one. So just be aware of the the format. And then also, if you can leverage your time. So, for example, I'm doing a live feed video here, which um, one of my uh, team members will then code. So it could be a YouTube video. And you can see here I'm recording it for the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. So I've got three different formats for the same piece of content. It's important to think like that so you leverage your time so you don't have to do this piece of content three times. All right, number six on how to create great content is the element of surprise. So how can you challenge convention? How can you bring something new or something that exists but in a new way, a new revelation, a new scientific study, a new finding? Everyone thinks X, but the truth is Y. What are the common misconceptions? What's common sense that isn't common sense? What does everyone say that's completely wrong? If you challenge those and give good information that changes perceptions, you know, new paradigms, as they call it, your content will be shared and, um, you know, you'll get a lot of debate and um, don't do it for the sake of it. Sometimes I think to myself, because I have a lot, a lot of sort of self-loathing about me putting my own content out there. And sometimes oh, every piece has got to be new. Every piece has got to be different. Every piece has got a shock. Every piece has got a surprise. Sometimes, you know, you can't do that for weeks or months because you haven't got that. 
And then in that time, all you can do is just keep giving good, useful information. Number seven on how to create great content is lists are always good. The top seven ways to do X, the top 10 ways to do Y, the seven biggest mistakes in Z. They always work really well. And of course, if you can keep each list to one or two lines, that always gets good feedback. You know, I know because I've done it a lot. I know because I've studied and learned on that. That's great. You know, putting evocative images in between your content or, you know, image quotes or quotes from other people on images into your Facebook feeds and tweets and Instagram posts. They'll often get good shares, especially, you know, if they're, um, you know, the, uh, good. Quotes often work really well. And if you, if you can make your own quotes, that's great because then you can attribute yourself and then that can be shared and people will come back to you. Don't rip people's off. Don't just change it like the word and to as well and rip someone else's quote, but you can use someone else's quote and credit them or create your own quotes from your own life experience. And then one day when your content's out there, uh, people will be quoting you and then you'll go viral. You'll get shared. All right, and then number eight on how to create great content is to make sure your content is well SEO'd, it's well keyworded, it's rich, it's relevant, it's specific. So in terms of your content, don't try and do something that is anything and everything to everyone. You know, like it's too generalized because then no one will find it. When people are searching Google, YouTube, Facebook, they're searching for a specific thing that they want to learn or to solve. So you want to be specific. I'll give you an example. Mark wrote, Mark Homer, my business partner in property, wrote an article on OIEO, offers in excess of, and it gets about five and a half thousand searches a month. And that's like very specific and very niche. But of course, if you're, if you're searching OIEO or offers in excess of in Google or Facebook, you're looking for something very specific. And then the article is very specific on that. So it's far better to do 20 really specific articles than one wide generic one. And I know I've made that mistake a lot in the past. And so what I'm trying to do with my podcast now is not just make every podcast about being a disruptive entrepreneur, but one might be you know, health and fitness around being a disruptive entrepreneur. One might be content marketing for being a disruptive entrepreneur. You know, Dorian Yates, Richard Reed, Steve Davis, Frank Bruno, Francois Benamias from Odemars Piguet. The great thing about that as well is you get better marketing because one of the reasons my interview with Francois Benamias from the CEO of Odemars Piguet has had like a huge amount of downloads on my podcast is because I'm able to get that searched, shared and seen in all the watch groups and all the people who are into AP and into Francois and, you know, into the watch shows. And so it's found me this new niche of, niche of people. Whereas if I do the same thing a hundred times, be a disruptive entrepreneur, it's not really going to find everyone, anyone because most people aren't searching disruptive entrepreneur until they know what the podcast is. Marcus said, are you using LinkedIn? I do repurpose a lot of my content onto LinkedIn with one of my outsourcers, Mark. It's probably the, one of the platforms I'm the least prolific on and the least good at, and I could probably improve. But thanks for your question. All right, wow, we're 27 and a half minutes in. Do I carry on? Yeah, do you know what? I'll finish it and I'll make this a nice long one. I was going to think about a part two, but nah, let's just have a part one. All right, so then next thing, and I've got five of these, is how do you get your great content out there? All very well having good content. If no one's seeing it, it's not good content. And that's important. So if you're focusing on getting rubbish content seen or getting great content not seen, mm, it's good to get seen. It's good to write good content. I'd probably work on both. So work on knowing how to market your message and work on how to improve your message simultaneously. 
All right, so number one is you wanna make sure all the platforms are set up. So YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you know, you're, you're ranked on all the relevant keywords on Google, Reddit, Vine, Vimeo, you know, there's loads. And I must admit, I'm not the fastest on this. And I should have set up a lot of these platforms. You know, you've got Instagram, you've got Snapchat. A lot of these, you know, Facebook, I was pretty late to the party. Twitter, I, was, I mean, I've only got 4,500, 4,000, I think, followers on Twitter because I was so late to setting it up. And, you know, if I'd have set it up when it was right to set it up, I might have had 40,000 or 400,000. Of course, it's not just about the size of your followers. It's about the engagement. And, you know, how, you know if you've got 4,000 people who are really engaged with you, that's great. But the point is, I was just so slow on a lot of these. And I mean, I'm, try- I'm working on that myself. So I wasn't really into Snapchat, but, you know, kind of maybe when people like Gary Vaynerchuk were starting to talk about it a lot. So I wasn't early, but, you know, I was getting in there uh, sort of on the upward curve. I went and set up an account and I had to play around with it and you know, tried to work it out. It was a bit out of my comfort zone, but get every platform set up because, you know, one day you're going to write an amazing article or you're going to do a video that gets shared all over you know your niche or even all over the world you don't know when that is you're a bit out of control of that all you can do is what you do well and keep sharing your message and then one day it's going to click and you don't know when that is but if you do that and then you don't you're not on facebook you're not on google you're not on youtube you could get hundreds thousands millions of you know potential views and traffic that go into the abyss because you haven't got the platform set up so even if you just set them up via an outsourcer and you get your outsourcer to write a basic bio and put a few photos on just so it doesn't look like a troll, then, you know, at least you can capture all of these leads and followers and fans when you get your Susan Boyle moment. We'll all get our breakthrough Susan Boyle moment if we keep putting it out there, learning, iterating, caring, serving, solving. So make sure you've got these platforms set up. Get an outsourcer to do it. You work on the one or two that you like doing. I like Facebook. You know, I do a lot of it myself. I tried to outsource it a few years ago, but I didn't have the same connection. I like that. But I'm not, you know, I've got um, my agent manages my Twitter account and, you know, my marketing team manages my YouTube account. And often all the stuff I do, they just repurpose and put onto these different platforms. So, you know, focus on the one or two that you like. For example, I feel like I'm not as good on video as I am on audio. I like speaking in public, but because of my travel and want to be with my family and my mission to raise the next two world number one golfers, I don't want to do too many speaking gigs. So I'll work on my favorite platform, which might be audio. I'll kind of, I'll get used to myself on video. I'll challenge myself. I I grow this beard really big on purpose so that uh, I can challenge myself to kind of look stupid in the camera so that I get over my own insecurities and isms. But, you know, all the kings in the past who ruled the world were red beards. That's my excuse. All right, great. Next thing. So you've got all your platforms set up. Now you need to get your content on all platforms. So you need to repurpose them. Your videos on all the video platforms. You know, maybe if it's on Vimeo or Vine, which are shorter ones, definitely Vine is is only a certain amount of seconds repeated, I think. Take a little excerpt that's the best bit and put it on. You know, your, your longer videos, they can go in your deeper in your YouTube channel. You can take an excerpt and put it, you know, as a shorter leading YouTube video. So make sure that you repurpose all your content and you put all your content across all media. Take quotes out of some of your best content and put it on Twitter and, you know, and start conversations in Facebook, start conversations in Reddit and in Facebook groups. Put your audios on your podcast. Set up your podcast. Number four, no, number three is comment on other people's work. So big celebrities, you know, the guys who've got the biggest followers and the, the, the biggest brands in your niche, engage with them. You know, 10 years ago, you couldn't engage, you know, with a celebrity. You'd have to stalk them. You'd need a restraining order 
on you because you got near them, because you stalked them, and then they put a restraining order on you. Now you can troll them on Facebook and Twitter. I'm not saying troll them. I'm saying, you know, everyone in your niche and everyone that you admire, like their Facebook pages, follow them on all the social media posts. Don't just email them saying, I want you to do this for me. I want you to sell for me. You know, I get hundreds of messages a week and, you know, 80% of them are probably asking for something. Engage in really good debate. Challenge their opinions. Write some really thoughtful posts and articles. Help them share their message on your social media community so they notice you. If you engage with the big dogs and the celebrities, you know, they will probably work with you in the future. And it's easier than ever now to get in the get in them. That's something else. Don't take my advice on that. Uh, get in with them. All right. Number four, you have to keep doing this. You have to keep putting content out there. You can't do it for two months and then stop for three months. You have to be consistent. Is it once a day? Is it once a week? Is it twice a week? You know, on which platform? How often? Is it a tweet every two, three, five hours? What is it? And stay consistent. Now, sometimes that's hard to do. So what is a good idea to do is, what is a good idea to do is, listen to my English, is when you're creative, I looked out there because it's a beautiful sunny day and I'm feeling inspired and I'm probably going to go and do another live feed video straight after this, once I've had some lemon and honey from my throat. Doing public speaking world records just kills your voice. Is um, I'm feeling inspired by the beautiful weather and I'm happy to be alive. So I am going to do two or three pieces of content in advance. I'm not always the best at that, but if you can do two or three podcasts in advance, you've got podcasts ahead for two or three weeks, which means you're not stressed to put content out there and then you put low quality out there. You can wait and breathe and be in nature and get inspired. And then when the idea comes to you that's great, then you can create it because you're not rushed. So you don't want to be stressed and you don't want to be rushed when, you know, when you're looking to create great content. Consistency is so important. A lot of people say to me, oh, Rob, I'm always up at 8.45 because I notice now that you always do your live feed videos at 8.45 in the morning. So yeah, you know, so you're creating this mind space. In the end, it becomes a habit in other people's mind to watch out for and listen to your content. All right, great. Then the next one, we've got eight steps on this, is how do you get your great content shared? Now, to a certain degree, you're not in control of this. So you kind of have to follow the process and let go of the outcome. Bobby, my son, who's the highest ranked five-year-old golfer in the world, he's going through this stage now where he's starting to get competitive and he starts to get frustrated with himself if someone else does well or if he hits a good shot and gets a bad bounce. And I'm trying to teach him at the moment, Bobby, all you can do is hit a good shot. That's all you can do. You can't control the bounce. If he gets a hard bounce, a soft bounce, a left bounce, a bad bounce, you can't control it. All you can do is follow your process, follow your routine, and you have to let go of the outcome. And to a certain degree, I think that's the same with getting your content shared. You know, there are some things you can do that are a little bit gimmicky. For example, you can just say, please share. And people will share. I've noticed if I say, please share, then it does get more shares. But if it's not really that great, you shouldn't really say that. You can say that, but make sure your content is great. So here's the process. Number one, repurpose your, all your content multimedia so it can be seen and shared in all formats because some people will share images and tweets. Others will share videos. Different people will share different media of content. So it's kind of linked to the other points I've made, but make sure your content is accessible everywhere to someone who might want to share you. Number two, ask questions, encourage commentary, debate, arguments. Stoke commentary. Allow people to comment on your work. So if I write something, most of the time I'm trying to tag in a question at the bottom. You know, I try and get people to discuss and make them involved in the process. If it's all about me, I know, you know, my social media page is my social media page. And so in theory, I can do and say what I want. But you're only going to stay if what I say is relevant to your life. 
And if it's not, why would you listen to me? I'm not some A-list celebrity. You don't give a shit and you shouldn't. But if I make it about you and ask you for your questions and comments, and A, if I listen to you, which is wise to do, I can get good ideas that I can answer and solve for you. But people will share it if they can be involved in it. So try this exercise. When you're doing your comments, tag in a question at the end, which you know might encourage good debate. All right, I did say you can ask for it to be shared. If it's something you passionately believe in, ask for it to be shared. That will work. Number four, image content, image quotes. Evocative, interesting images are often shared. Don't just put a cat video up for the sake of it to get it shared because you know, that's not going to serve you, your business, your mission. But um, you know, impactful images, infographics, they often get shared. When you find something that gets shared, try and reverse engineer why it got shared and what happened and why it worked. And then model that strategy. So, so a, way you, a way you said something, a format you did something in, possibly meant it got shared. So always try and look at finding the process and the system of your best work and uh, try and model that process and that system and, and, and the same with other people. And hey, you can always test, you can always tweet, you can always measure. I see every post as a test. If it doesn't get that many likes or shares, it doesn't mean I'm a failure. It does mean uh, maybe I could do it a little bit differently. And by the way, sometimes a post will make someone think in themselves. So it, it might not have got shared, but it might be impactful. Or if you're sending them away, they're not going to come back and then share it. So be careful. If you were sending them away, don't expect as many likes and shares and everything else. Make it about them and not just about you. Be you focused, not I focused. Say more you, your and we and less I, me and my. Number seven, newsjacking. Trump is like the easiest one in the world. Comedians are loving it at the moment because all they have to do is start talking about Trump and, you know, there's, they've got a load of cheap laughs. Anyone can, anyone can put a post on Facebook and say Trump and get hundreds of likes and follows and rants and debates. So if you jack what is relevant in the news and you take existing energy and emotion and comment on that, then, you know, you will get more shares, likes, debate, unlikes. Some of those growly faces as well as those smiley faces. You've got to accept that, by the way. If you hide away from that, then, you know, you can't have all the upside and none of the downside. Don't be delusional about that. Don't be naive. Don't think because it's your page, you're entitled for everyone to go, I love you, I love you, you are God, you are my guru. No, you should encourage debate. You should be open to crit critique and feedback. Now, be careful not to just do cheap newsjacking by, you know, just creating a debate around Trump to try and sell your window cleaning services. It's not relevant. You know, what you want to do is newsjack about something that's relevant to what you do, what you say and what your message is. And then you've got this bridge into being able to sell to them, offer them trials or just gain more rapport with them. You can incentivize people to share, to review. You know, you can give them 15 minute one-to-one um, -one call. You could give them some of your time. You could help them with a question. So there's nothing wrong with incentivizing people to, you know, if you run a competition, you could incentivize them to share your podcast or your book reviews or whatever. So, um, you know, that's a cool thing. Be open about what you're doing and it's fine. Okay, and then final section. One, two, three, four, five sections. I hope you've enjoyed this. I know it's long, but yeah, you know, that's what I wanted to do is how do you monetize your free content? Now, what I found is, you know, when, when we're doing direct response marketing, i.e., you know, we're, we're marketing and advertising in areas where we are hoping to get direct business, there's a lot of wastage in that. And there's a little bit more remorse in that. 
Whereas if you've built a lot of rapport and relationships over a long period of time, people listen to you on their runs, they listen to you in their travel, you know, people are listening to me on Qantas Airlines, because I don't know if you saw that photo, everyone in Qantas Airlines listening to my podcast, the, the picture was up and I mean, so many people say they, you know, like they listen to me, you know, on their runs and in the planes and in the gym. And, you know, like, this is great because if I can help people when I'm not around and I can leverage my time, if and when I do offer products and services, you know, if it's right for them, they're going to do it because we have that trust. So by definition of putting a lot of great content out there and being a great giver and share of information, you actually are improving and monetizing your future business. There comes a time, though, when you have to answer them, ask for the money and you mustn't be scared of that. So you, you want to have elegant calls to action. You know, maybe not as direct as a landing page or a, a sort of a magazine advert or the Metro ad. But, you know, an elegant uh, call to action might be taking them from one free resource to another free resource, which is going to get them then closer to your first purchase. So you might move them from something free to a Facebook group where you're then going to offer them to buy your book, for example. Or they might be on one of your pages and so you offer them to subscribe to your podcast and maybe every 20 podcasts you might do an invitation to one of your events. So you go from free to free to paid. You could go from free to paid. But again, if you go, if you sell immediately on your first piece of content, then some people might think, oh, well, they only wanted to give me that content because they wanted to sell to me. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. And if it works, it works. But I'm just saying you can go from free to free to paid. The next thing you can do is you can weave into your stories all of the things that you offer. So, you know, I might talk about going to Cayman Islands. I'm going there in April. I might run podcasts from the Cayman Islands. And I'm not saying, hey, pay £25,000 to come on the Cayman retreat. You can't, by the way, because it's sold out for two years and it has a waiting list for the third year. But if I can weave in some background, some stories around the Cayman legacy, you know I run the Cayman legacy. And if you're at a high level and, you know, you, you can afford that kind of money and you want to be with multimillionaires, that's something you're going to think about without me going, buy it, buy it, buy now button, etc. So how can you tell stories related to your products and services within your free content? That is very powerful. Okay, you want to make it so good, your content, that it ranks in all the searches. So if your content is so good and so liked and so shared, It'll rank at the top. And so more people will come through to the bottom where it says, you know, join my Facebook group or, you know, maybe you could buy my book or maybe you could uh, subscribe to my podcast. So just work on making your content so good. You can also create bridge products or sort of low value products. So let's say you've got products that's two grand. You've got all this free content and then you've got products that's two grand. It might be a bit of a jump to go from free, free, free. Yeah, I love Rob's podcast and whatever, but I can't really, I don't, I don't like him that much yet to invest £25,000 to go to Cayman Islands and he has got a ginger beard. So I'm not sure. Whereas if, if you, you can get a book for a fiver and then you can get a set of CDs for 25 quid and then you can come on an event for 100 quid, you know, these are bridge products which then build trust, build trust. We spend more time and more time and more time and more time so that you then know if it's right for you or not. So yeah, add more products that take people elegantly from low cost to high cost. Now you can finally, I mean, there, there may be more, but I might do a part two one day. If you found this useful, please comment because if I'm telling you stuff that's not useful, tell me and I won't do any more of it. If there's stuff that you want me to share on the Disruptive Entrepreneur my videos, tell me and I'll do it. If there's people you want me to try and hunt down and interview, I will do my best to stalk them out. If there's people you think should interview me, a lot of people have said to me, Rob, you know, you, you and Tim Ferriss, you should be doing podcasts together. So, you know, keep asking and we'll do our best to make it happen. 
You can do sponsorship on your ads, on your blogs, on your websites. Personally, I don't like that because I don't want to take people away from me to someone else who I've paid to find or I've spent a lot of in, uh, time and energy to find. So it's not really my way, you know, like there are no ads on the Disruptive Entrepreneur and you listen to some podcasts and there's 10 minutes of ads before. And whilst that's okay and I'm not knocking them because they obviously need to make money from those ads. If they didn't, they wouldn't or they need to make more. But, you know, I'm in the fortunate position where I don't need to make any money out of the podcast because I've got my other companies. It's, you know, it's a hobby, it's a passion. If I make money out of it, that's great. It's a content marketing platform for me. So I don't need to do ads. And, and, and um, I don't want you... Skipping, 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 skipping for the first 10 minutes. Not saying, oh, you know, I don't want the first person to land on my podcast to have to endure 10 minutes of ads. That's just my, um, you know, my preference. But if you needed the money, you can sell ad space on your podcast, start, middle and end. You can make a lot of money out of that if you have a lot of followers. You can put ads on your blog. You can put ads on your website. And you know what? If that's your income source, that's a great thing. To, if you have a lot of traffic and you're not monetizing it, you should consider that. It's not for me, but never say never. But, you know, I wanted to share with you as many strategies as I could. All right. So that has been content marketing, expert positioning, building your brand and mind space, selling through giving. I mean, what better thing to do than to give, 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 give and make, make more and more money without going, give me money, give me money, give me money. It's a great gift. So just to remind you, content marketing is giving valuable information in an engaging, memorable way to build goodwill for your business and your brand. So thanks for tuning in if you're listening. Thanks for tuning in if you're watching. Make sure you follow me on the Disruptive Entrepreneur Community. We have over 400,000 subscribers in now over 170 countries. It goes up and up and up. And a lot of you aren't in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community. So just search Disruptive Entrepreneurs Community on Facebook where, you know, you get me answering all of your questions. You get thousands of disruptive entrepreneurs across the world answering your questions. So join there. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And if you haven't reviewed the Disruptive Entrepreneur, it means one of two things. One of three things. One, you're lazy. So come on. Number two, you think my information is shit. Okay, so stop watching. Or number three, you haven't got around to it yet. So please, it will help me help you. Go and review The Disruptive Entrepreneur on iTunes, on Stitcher. If you do that, it will help it with more reach, which will mean I can invest even more time for free, which means I can pull in bigger, better interviewees. I'm going to interview Dorian Yates this week, Richard Reed this week, if they don't cancel, because Richard Rates had a, a bereavement. Richard, Richard Rates, man, <laughs> Blair. Richard Reed had a bereavement, so he had to delay that podcast. I can get better people to interview, higher quality, bigger celebrities, if we get more reach, if we have more reviews. So go do it now. Help me out here. Help another brother. All right, thanks a lot. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Thanks for tuning in to The Disruptive Entrepreneur. I'll see you on the other side when you're a millionaire. And keep on keeping on. I love you. Uh, if it weren't for you, then I wouldn't be able to do what I love. Keep speaking up. Keep shining. Keep doing your thing. You know, you'll have challenges. Just keep pushing through them. Ask for help. Don't be a martyr. Get involved in communities. Share your success stories. Share your pain. Share your challenges. Your challenges are there to make you grow. So, you know, don't think you're entitled. You know, don't um, just keep going. Keep on it. And you will get where you want to go. Thanks for tuning in. 